Wow, thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Danny, Sister Sabrina, uh, Pastor Richard, Sister Nancy. Thank you for the invite. Uh, we love you guys so much. Pastor Reuben, Sister Rose, thank you for all your help and support and all your prayers. Um, we we uh, always appreciate being here with you guys, and, and you guys can have a seat. I'm sorry. Your feet are probably yelling right now. We appreciate being with you guys, and, and, and uh, as, as Pastor uh, uh, Danny mentioned, uh, this is our home church, amen, and, and this is where my wife and I grew up uh, and, and developed, amen, um, and uh, so this, you know, a, a, a special place in our hearts, um, you guys feel, and so uh, we want to thank you for all of your support, uh, all of your prayers, um, from our family to yours, have a Merry Christmas, um, and uh, we'll see you guys New Year's Eve, um, so we'll be back uh, for the New Year's Eve bash. Looking forward to that. I can't believe it's 2020 coming up in the next couple weeks, amen? How many know that time flies when you're having a good time? Are you guys having a good time? All right, all right, just making sure, just making sure. I want you to turn to your neighbor tonight and tell him, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to a miracle. As Pastor Danny mentioned, uh, we're going to continue uh, in our series, uh, or the series that you've been uh, having uh, these, past few, these past few weeks um, in regards to DNA. And I wanted to read a scripture here out of the book of 2 Timothy, if you have your Bibles with you. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Beginning in verse 14, it uh, reads like this, and it says, but, but as for you, this is Paul talking to Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. Father, we pray, Lord God, over uh, this, your word tonight, Lord. Lord God, that, that it, is, it is not only uh, a received, but that it is applied uh, within our lives, Lord. Lord, as you have prepared hearts for this word tonight, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that, that we would be open to receive, Lord. That our ears would be open. Father, our mind, our hearts would be open to receive, Father. And we know, Lord God, that through your word, your word brings forth life. And Lord, if there are any here who can use some life tonight, that's exactly what you want to bring. Father, for your word always brings change. It always brings something good. And Father, we need more of you. We want more of you. Lord, help us to hunger for your word, to hunger for your voice, to hunger for your direction, to hunger for your correction. Lord, we pray right now that our lives would never, ever be the same because of your word. Lord, because of your love for us. 
because of what you have done, the price you have paid, Lord, that we can be in your very presence, that we can, that we can be reconciled to you. Father, we thank you. We can't thank you enough. We give you all the glory, praise. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen and amen. So, in talking about DNA, in what Paul, what Paul speaks here is, uh, something that you need to understand is that, is that God's word uh, was not written simply by man's interpretation, but instead it was written by inspiration. You have to understand this. That, it, that, that the Bible says that every word is God breathed. Paul even says this. So every word is, was inspired by God. And this means a whole lot here in 2 Peter verse, or chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. I love when God clarifies things, right? Or, 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 or gives us confirmation, right? You see, it's one thing for man to say something, but it's another thing for God's word, for God's word to confirm it, amen? It says, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So God's word is, 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 is man being inspired, amen, by God, and man writing down what God put on their hearts so that you and I can have can have some direction within our lives, right? Many of you, many of you remember, uh, you know that that that, that acrostic uh, uh, of Bible, right? Basic instruction before leaving Earth, right? Many of you know it to you know to to, to mean that, and 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 I love I love things that help us, right? To to memorize uh, the purpose of God's word and what it is therefore in our lives and how we are to utilize it, how we are to make it applicable in our lives, amen? How many know that, that, that it's good to hear, amen? Tell your neighbor, it's good to hear, but it's better to obey. I don't know who you're sitting next to, but someone needed to hear that tonight. See, inspiration is God revealing his person and plan to certain believers who wrote down his message for his people. You see, what's awesome is that God's word is applicable to every generation. That's the beauty of it. See, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how, how, how kids are talking nowadays. It doesn't matter what's the, what's the new apparel, right, that you, that you see on TV, that you try to imitate you know, 50, 60-year-old, right? Try to imitate. It doesn't matter what's going on. God's word is always applicable to every generation from, from, from years before and all the years to come until Christ comes back. So talking about the DNA of, the, of God's word, I read something in regards to 
uh, what DNA actually is, more of the function of DNA, because I don't, you know, I can, I can give you guys big old words of, you know, what, what DNA is, and, and, and I will lose you in about five seconds. But I want to talk about the, the function of DNA, of, of something that I found when I was looking this up, because I wanted, I wanted some more information on, 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 on uh, uh, making this useful here in relation to God's word. And so I read this. It says, the function of DNA is to store all of the genetic information that an organism needs to develop, function, and reproduce. I want you to read that once again. This, to store all of the genetic information that an organism needs to develop, function, and reproduce. I was reading this, and then I was reading what Paul was telling Timothy. And like I said, I, I love to make things applicable for, our, for, for my life, right? Because I want to be able to use it, right? Whenever I, whenever I hear someone speak, you know, it's, 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 it, what, what, always, what always gets my attention is when that speaker uh, uh, speaks in a way that I can that I can make it uh, uh, that I can put it to use within my life. And so I'm gonna do that for you tonight. I'll do my very best. Amen. God's gonna help me in doing this. I know He is. And I want to break this down here of what the function of DNA is according to what Paul was saying in Second Timothy. First part of this is that Paul states, he says, it is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So what is, so what is Paul saying there? You can leave that one slide up. What is, what is Paul saying there? He's saying that, that, that this, this part is your developing. He says, it is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Do you guys have it ready? That previous one on develop? There we go. You can, you can leave that one up. So I, will, I really wanted to sink in tonight. So Paul says something to Timothy, and I, and I love Paul's words because Paul, Paul always puts things into a way that, that you can understand. He puts it very plainly. And you can, you can sense Paul's love in his words. You can, you can sense the urgency in what he's trying to get across. What's beautiful here is he takes young Timothy under his wings and is training young Timothy in his walk with Christ. See, it leads us to salvation. And as, as, with, all, as with all newborns, our desire for nourishment uh, becomes, becomes, uh, becomes fervent uh, and it becomes frequent, right? If you've ever had a newborn before, you know that when they're hungry, they're hungry. You better feed them. You know, they don't, they don't care if you need three minutes to warm their bottle. They don't care about that. They, their mindset is you should have had it ready three minutes ago.
See, and as Christians, we need to, we need to grow a desire, amen, like a newborn, amen. When you, the Bible says that this is the first part of it. This is the, this is the developing stage. Paul says that you need to be cultivating these things. You need to be, you need to have a hunger for God's word as a newborn, as a newborn craves uh, uh, or, 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 you know, uh, is, is, is needing of, of nourishment, amen? You need nourishment in your spiritual life. See, when we came to Christ, when we came to, to having a relationship with him, What we need to understand is that the only thing that can satisfy us is Jesus Christ. That hunger that you have can only be satisfied with his word. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that, by, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Jeremiah speaks in 15, verse 16. He says, when I discovered your words, he says, I devoured them. How many of you, how many of you, when you read God's word, you devour it? I hope you do. I hope you do. You know, how many of you, when you sit down uh, at a buffet, you devour your food? Oh, you do. Why? Because you want some seconds. You paid, you paid $10 for this buffet, and you want to get your money's worth, right? <laughs> and when we read God's word, we need to have that, that same passion, that same hunger, that same, that same uh, 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 fervency in our lives. I say, I need it. I need more of it. I'm not, I'm not going to be okay until I get more of it. And I'm going to kick and I'm going to scream because I need more of God's word in my life. I need more of his direction. I need, I, I need more of, 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 of knowing uh, what he thinks about me and what he's going to do for me, what he has done for me, and how in those tough times in my life he has always been there for me. And he, will lem- and he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I need more of this. He says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. He says, they are my joy and my heart's delight. Have you ever ate something that didn't quite agree with your stomach? It's not a good feeling. You think like, oh man, you know, can, can, I, can I get a take back or something? I, I wish I never ate that. But you know it's too late. It's too late. See, when we grow in Christ, we learn that nothing is more agreeable to our soul and our spirit than the bread of life. Nothing is gonna satisfy you like the word of God. See, you were created that way. You and I were created to be satisfied, fully satisfied, only by the word of God. 
That's why you were created. So, so it's no wonder why you don't feel fully satisfied when you eat physical food, you feel bloated, and you have regrets. But let me tell you right now, whenever you fill yourself on the Word of God, there are never, ever any regrets. True fulfillment. See, the Bible reveals our sinful condition. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible also reveals God's plan to rescue you and I. That's a beautiful thing. See, God, God doesn't just end on bad news. See, he always, he always leaves the good news, amen? Whatever, whenever, whenever, he, whenever he brings you something, it's always good news. It might not be the news that you were expecting, so your perception may be that it was bad news, but let me tell you, there is good news in what God brings all the time. You have to understand that. Because of his love, his grace, and his mercy, he's made a way to forgive sins and reconcile us to himself. Have you ever, been, have you ever driven your car and you hit a major pothole in the street? You hit it and it's like, boom! It's like, oh! Oh, that wasn't good, right? Many times when that happens, as you're driving... You feel, you feel that your car is out of alignment now, right? You have, to, you, have to, you have to overcompensate on your steering wheel because your suspension is all out of whack. If, if, you've, ever, if you've ever followed a vehicle on the street or on the freeway and you, and you see this vehicle, they're, they're going straight, but their vehicle looks like they're fishtailing. You ever seen it before? And I guarantee you, if you look inside at the driver, they're holding the steering wheel for their, dear, for their dear life. Because if they let go, that car's gonna go off the road. Their alignment's all out of whack. You see, in God's word brings us back into alignment. When we hit, when we hit those spiritual potholes within our lives, because let me tell you, we hit them, amen? They're out there. They're waiting for you. But when you hit them, God says, you know what, I'm going to bring you back into alignment. Yes, you may, had a, you may have had a moment where you were trying to overcompensate and you were trying to use your own strength because you, because you hit this pothole in your life. And, and God says, but you don't have to use your own strength. I'm going to bring you back into alignment to make everything nice and smooth for you once again. See, the Bible is our moral compass. I love that. I love that. God's word is my moral compass. Colossians 3, verse 1. <clears throat> Paul writes, he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Let me read that again. 
since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. What is God telling you? God is saying, stop focusing on the things of this world. What is he saying? Stop, stop worrying about those things that are taking place in your life while you are on planet Earth. If you find yourself worrying right now about something, you can't even hear what I'm saying because you're thinking about something else right now. You're stressing. You just, you just got told some, some, some bad news. And that's all you can think about right now. God says, take your eyes off of that and set your mind on heaven because you have been raised up through Christ. Stop looking down. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't look down when you're walking. Many of you know why. Many of you know why. You probably have the scar to prove it. See, when you were raised with Christ, you became citizens of heaven. Mm. That's awesome. You became citizens of heaven. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are not a part of something of this or that. See, God says, God says, you are mine. You are mine. And I am yours. God says, you are a citizen of heaven. You have, you have the greatest inheritance. And even, though, and even though you may not feel like you belong to something, know that you are loved by the Almighty. That he has welcomed you. He's welcomed me. Yes, he has welcomed you into his family. You guys ever been to, like, someone's, someone's house and, you know, it's a really, really nice house, right? They've been, you know, they've, they, they, they've been blessed and, and, and you go there and you think, man, it sure would be nice to be part of their family. You ever think that? Man, I, I, would, I would sure look good in that bedroom over there. <laughs> so you need to understand that you don't have to hope for things here on earth. You don't have to want uh, things that are, that are, the Bible says, that are perishable. Amen? Because you have the greatest inheritance. You have an inheritance that, not, that cannot be taken away. See, start putting heaven's priorities into daily practice in your life. What do I mean? Start giving God praise. Start giving God praise. I had told the church uh, um, something that I, that, that, that I wanted them to, to, to take on in their lives, and, 
And that was, that was uh, 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 don't complain, start praying. Don't complain, start praying. So whenever you find yourself complaining, um, and let me tell you, uh, that may not apply to any of us here, um, but if it does, and you find yourself complaining, um, uh, replace that complaining with some praying and see how things change within your life. Amen? Do it. Why? Because we need to set our mind on heavenly priorities. We need to do this within our lives. If not, we're going to be a mess. What does his word say? In James 4, 8, he says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Many people have a misconception about this verse and, 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 and in, in, in thinking that God's going to possibly get physically closer to them. Well, that's not the case, right? Let me just break this down to you very simply here. God cannot get any closer to you physically than he is at all times. Because God is everywhere. You understand that? What the Bible is talking about is that you can get closer to God spiritually. What does that mean? That means that you need to pray more, amen? That means that you need to read his word more. That means that you need to seek him more. That means that you need to hunger for him. And guess what? As you get closer to God spiritually, you're going to get to know him more. Because God cannot get any closer to you than he is right now. Because he is everywhere. He's never left you. See, it's the word of truth that we develop and are nourished by the Lord. Then Paul also says that all scripture, he says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So uh, God's word helps us to understand how to live a godly life. It teaches us how to function, amen? How many many of you need some help uh, 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 in, in functioning in your life? We need help. We do. And God's word is ready to help you. Many people, when they, you know, many Christians, when they, when they hear this verse, you know, you know they, they think, all right, this is my opportunity to rebuke someone. Because Paul says that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and that's all they see. All right? And contrary to popular belief, uh, uh, correcting others isn't a spiritual gift. All right? God gave it to me, and I really want to use it. See, if Jesus' role for coming to earth wasn't to condemn the world, but to save the world, see, what makes us think that God made that our role in our lives? See, what Scripture is saying here is that it is useful to do all these things within our own life. It's to teach you. It's to rebuke yourself, to correct yourself. And yes, there are times, there are times that we do need correction and we do need rebuking from our leaders, amen? But let me tell you right now, as a pastor, those are times that we don't, we don't want to, to, to do those things. We don't, we don't take joy in rebuking someone, Contrary to popular belief, we find no pleasure in that. But there are times. But Paul says, I need you to focus on yourself first, right? Let's let's fix you first.
See, many passages of the Bible, especially the epistles, instruct us in how to live holy and obedient lives that display Christ's character and works. And when we sin, his word teaches us how to experience restoration through repentance. Many people will say, I'm a, I'm a good person. But what does good actually mean? What are you, what are, how are you judging good? I was at a, um, I was at a Christmas lunch uh, 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 with, a, with a team from work, and, and um, one, of my, one of my buddies sitting next to me, uh, the, waiter, the waiter came with a, with a skewer of chicken hearts. I've never had chicken hearts before. So my buddy got one off the skewer and was munching on it, and I'm looking to him, right, because, you know, I'm wise. I'm looking to him to see if he likes it, and then, you know, and then I'll make my decision. Let him suffer the consequences, right? And, you know, but, but, you know, this guy, this guy eats crazy stuff, like, you know, just gross things. And so, I, you know, he's, he's chewing on it, and I'm looking at him, and no more than five seconds pass, and he spits it into his napkin. I said, whoa, what, what's wrong? He said, that thing was disgusting. See, but little, little did he know that about three seats over, our manager was popping those chicken hearts like they were olives, right? He's just, he's just popping them. And we're looking at him, both of us, because, you know, he knows how it tastes, and I watched his face, right? And so now we're looking at him and thinking, how can he like that? What is wrong with him? The man has no taste buds. See, but it's different interpretations of good. To this person, that good was awful. See, that, that food wasn't made to be awful, or else they wouldn't serve it. Someone thought it was good to eat chicken hearts. I'll still never eat them. So, but yeah, he, he learned the hard way that they weren't good. This person over here thought they were delicious. So how do you judge or, or, or base good? We base it upon the word of God. Because we can't base goodness upon things of the world. Why? Because people keep changing their mind, Right? You know, today, today, eat as much steak as you want. You know, eat five pounds of steak. It's good for you. And then, and then next week, oh, don't eat steak. It's going to kill you. It takes, it takes 24 months to digest, right? Come on, man. Give me, give me some facts here. Two different interpretations of good. One of the functions of the Bible is to measure things against it. The Bible even instructs us on what to focus on in Philippians 4.8. It says, Whatever, whatsoever things are true, honest or honorable, just or right, pure, lovely, and of good report or admirable. It says, think about these things. The Bible even tells you how to think. The Bible tells you what to focus on. When, you're, when, you're, when your mind is set on, on this thing that is stressing you out, the Bible says, no, you need to focus on these things. See, it brings us back into perspective and, and gives us God's perspective, amen? And Paul concludes with stating, 
Paul concludes in 2 Timothy here. And he says, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Reproduce. Say it with me. Reproduce. See, what's crazy is that this all went in line with the DNA. With what DNA, the, with the function of DNA, and I was and I was mind boggled as to as to this this revelation that God gave me while I was studying this, how it applies to His Word, how His Word is for you to develop, but not only for you to develop, but to to learn how to function, Amen, to learn how to live a godly life, and then lastly to reproduce. See, the scriptures tell us how to minister to one another and share his word with other people. What was the great work that Jesus instructed the disciples to do? What was it? Someone shouted out real loud. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. What was Jesus telling them? Go reproduce. Have you guys ever read about the disciples? <laughs> Seriously, do you know what they're all about? Do you know how many, how many shady things they did? They were shady. You might think they were all like, you know, like, like you know, they were, they were all walking on water and stuff. <laughs> it's not the case. Jesus tells them, go and make disciples of all nations. I need you to reproduce, Jesus says. See, one of Paul's statements that he makes that always sticks with me is in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. It's got so much weight. Paul says this. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of of Christ. That is a strong statement. Let me tell you right now, that might have just went over your head and you thought, oh, big deal. I read it a thousand times, Pastor. Still didn't get it. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. How many of you can say that to someone? How many of you can honestly say that to someone and someone's watching you 24-7? Ready for altar call? <laughs> That's a strong, bold statement there. Why? Because it holds a lot of weight. It holds a lot of accountability. And if you know anything about accountability, it's nothing to play with. Someone who knows all about this is our pastors. Pastors are accountable. It's a heavy responsibility. It is not to be taken lightly. They don't take this lightly. They understand fully what is involved 
in that position. And Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. See, Paul wasn't saying follow me because I'm perfect. Follow me because I never make mistakes. Follow me because if you follow me, you will never ever make a bad decision. <laughs> That's not the case. He says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. So follow me as, as I do my very, very best to be obedient to the word of God, what he has called me to do, that I would be an example to you, that I will not lead you astray. You see, although God doesn't expect perfection from us, he does expect us to reproduce. And I don't, I don't mean just having kids. Some of you say, yeah, got that one. <laughs> Check. See, he wants us to reproduce disciples. See, God's word, God's word, whenever God's word comes forth, it always builds. It always builds. See, God's, God's word should not leave you torn down. It should not, it should not leave you feeling like, 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 like you can't do it. Like this is impossible. Like there's no way that I can apply what pastor is saying right now. No, yes, you can. Why? Because you are sitting next to people who are doing just that right now. They're doing just that in their lives right now. They're not perfect. That person you're sitting next to, they probably made a lot of mistakes today. They probably made some bad decisions. But guess what? They're still moving forward. But guess what? They're still trusting God. Guess what? They're still in the house of the Lord. Why? Because they wanted, they wanted, they needed some encouragement, amen. They needed some strengthening. Why? Because they made some bad decisions in their in their lives this uh, today. They need some help. See, we're all in this together. Don't ever feel like you can't do it because that person sitting next to you is there to help you. They might not have known that, but they but they know it now. Wake up, neighbor. That person sitting next to you is relying on you. Yes, I may stumble, but I'm going to dust myself off and get moving forward, amen. So in concluding, do you cherish God's word? Do you cherish it? Do you treasure it? Do you honor it? Do you defend it? I read a quote, someone said, if you don't live for anything, you will fall for everything. See, strive to live righteously in your life, amen? See, the world, the world may say live for yourself, but the world says, the, uh, the word says, to, says live to serve. The world says live for the moment. The word says to count the cost. The world says you only live once. The word says that this life is temporary and when Jesus returns for his church, we will all be lifted up, uh, given new bodies, and we will live with him forever. That's what God's word has for you today. Do you receive it tonight? As every head is bowed, every eye closed.
Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, tonight is a great night. It's a perfect night. Some of you may be wondering why. Because tonight, if you do not have a relationship with Christ, you can start that today. You can start that right now. You can be in right standing with God. See, God, is, God has an inheritance for you. It's, wait, it's waiting for you. The inheritance is waiting for you. Maybe, maybe you walked in here with zero inheritance because all you're thinking about is the things here on earth. See, but God wants to elevate your vision to look beyond this earth to what he has in store for you. And that's what's going to happen tonight. As every head is bowed, every eye closed. I believe there are many here in this place that do not or are not in right standing with God. But you need to be. You need to be. This is nothing to play around with. See, because God has given you an opportunity to be here tonight to make things right. Don't let it pass you by.